Bam, we're live. I think the audio is working. I see you. I don't hear you. Good morning, everybody. Can everyone hear us? Travis, I don't hear you. You can't hear? Am I not saying anything? Oh, now I can hear you. There we go. How's that? Can you hear me? I can. Is that your dining room at your house? It is. Is that your sister? Did your sister-in-law take that picture? I think maybe that might have been a little flea market little item about 27 years ago. Holy shit. So that thing goes from house to house wherever you go. It's been everywhere, baby. Along with every other piece of furniture that we've ever owned. Really? Same furniture you've had your whole marriage? Forever. Hey, do you have any furniture in there from when you were a kid? No. Wait, you have a dog? You have a dog? I told you how I grew up. We didn't really have furniture, bro. Right. Good point. Hey, let me see. You have a dog? Yeah, I do. I can't. You're not a, you're not a dog guy. I know. You're going to find out right now how bad I am. Come here. Come over here. That's crazy. I would have never, ever, ever, ever thought you were a dog guy. Yeah. A lot of things change over the years. If you travel a lot, you could come home and there could be anything in your house. Anything. <laughs> listen, as soon as you try to like say something about it, they just look at you like, dude, where were you this weekend? Shut the hell up. And I'm like, good when point. Uh, the, I, I only have you for a little while. The two main topics are clearly uh, what the hell is Tyson doing and uh, what's going on over in Dubai. Um, yeah. let's, let's, big, let's, weekend, big weekend for me. Two of my... Uh, Two of my most favorite people and the heroes of my life are actually in huge competition this weekend. Uh, Ezra has another game too? No, John Brzezink and Tyson Bajent. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Ezra's already raped and pillaged the entire community of West Virginia high school football. They are undoubtedly the champ of the world's 62 to 20 Easy victory for your Martinsburg Bulldogs. Congratulations to Brett Sherman and the rest of the Martinsburg Bulldogs. That's coach's first state championship. The former coach won the other ones and moved on to college. So the new coach kept everything intact. So your 17-year-old son, 17? Correct. And he's a junior? He's a junior, yeah. He threw five. Hey, Casey. Bam! He threw uh, – he- yeah, now you know why I'm so happy. <laughs> he threw he threw five touchdown passes uh, on Sunday. Huge day. So Ezra is in a dual quarterback role at Martinsburg, but with the new coach, he kind of throws it when Ezra's in the game and runs it when the other quarterback's in the game. So the other quarterback kind of takes the um, the rushing attempts away from Ezra usually handing it off. I, uh, someone's asking in the comments what your Instagram is. You know, it's it's. T- I think it's uh, t-, t underscore beige. T underscore beige. It's got a picture of a uh, uh, kid playing football. I'm sure. Yeah, he. Oh shit! I did it. Is, it, is that close? Do you see it? Is that yeah, written right? That's it. I mean, I, I've never seen it in caps because I'm so hood. But yeah, I love it. Hey, this guy, good luck. This guy, I don't know what to say about his Instagram. Travis does, 
the greatest self promoter who ever lived that has no idea how to promote himself with the modern day tools. So I am the promoter of other people's YouTube and Instagrams. I'm <laughs> their valuable content. So, so what do you mean he's in a dual quarterback role? Oh, I don't know. Just the situation. So Ezra's playing as a junior in high school at quarterback, and he's at the same school his brother played at. Who? So we have comparable seasons, right? Your junior season against your brother's junior season. When Tyson was there, um, he didn't have anybody to split with. He was the quarterback the whole time. The problem was is he had to hand the ball off to a running back 50% of the time, right? right? So at the end of the year, Tyson threw four. I have the stats up here. Tyson threw 276 times being the quarterback the whole time. Ezra only playing half the time, but every time he's in the game, he's throwing the ball. And the other quarterback, so no one's handing the ball off. The running back is the other quarterback, and he catches it from the quarterback position, and he runs the ball. So Ezra threw the ball 257 times, so really close to each other. Ezra had... 170 completions and Ezra had 165 or Tyson had 165. Ezra had 2,600 yards and Tyson had 2,400 yards. So the reality is, is that Ezra's better than Tyson. It's just, we put Tyson on such a <laughs> that he may like Michael Jordan, never, ever be another Tyson Bajan at Martinsburg. Even though if you really look hard at the numbers, I mean, I think Ezra may be the guy. So we'll find out next year. So, so here's what doesn't make sense to me for two things. Um, why would you do that? So that means that every time Ezra's in the game, the other team knows you're going to throw. Doesn't that like kind of like blow your wad? Second of all, this other guy, he's in every play because he's the running back and the quarterback. Where does he leaves the game and there actually is a running back sitting beside Ezra the okay. on the sideline? They, okay. split, they split series, right? You do a series, I do a series back and forth. And Why don't you threaten the coach? Why are you allowing that to happen? Move your kid to a different high school. Why. I'm going to tell you why right now because I'm a coach. All right. They're the two best players on the team, right, because they can do something so dramatic. And the other kid, as much as I absolutely hate to say it, it might be the best football player I've ever seen. Wow. I know. That's terrible. So imagine the stress that Ezra's dealing with, right? He's got this legend over here that he, that already went through the system and crushed it all. It is the man, the history of the man is him, his older brother. Now he's up there and when it's his turn, there's this other freakazoid right there. Um, so the last three games of the year, that kid um, broke his foot. Oh, awesome. I oh, mean, so, so I know it sucks bad for everyone except Ezra. Right. Who got to play the whole time for the, the the playoffs. And really, I think, grew up and got all those reps and all that pressure and stuff. So even though next year I predict the, you can't keep the other kid off the field. You pray the other kid wants to play another position maybe. But the truth is he's a stud. So they're going to coexist. And then Ezra's going to, you know, and if he just keeps the numbers like he just did, I don't think anyone would ever know that he even, um, you know, had to split the roles. Uh, is the other kid a senior? No, the other kid's a sophomore. A year. Oh, fuck. Oh, what a mess. <laughs> what a fucking mess. This sucks. <laughs> dude, and the dude's a stud. A stud. What's the kid's parents like? Is the kid's dad like you? Is the kid's dad like you? Like, like he's just training his kid? 
his kid's a sled dog? Uh, no. I mean, yes and no. His dad's like the coolest guy in the world, right? The dude's sitting over in the corner. Doesn't really look too much like an athlete now unless you keep looking at him, right? But all of a sudden, you know, you go to a dinner party. You know, you go to a little uh, party, a Christmas party. There's 45 people. There's 20 people you really don't even know. Right. Right. And then all of a sudden, as everyone's hanging out, you realize Mike's in the corner. His name is Mike Clement. And before long, you know, he's maybe done ran outside, smoked a joint with one dude he just met. Then he comes back in. Someone hands him the guitar and he's over there playing, you know, Uh, this music. And everybody in the place is like, yo, who is this dude? Coolest guy in the place. He's a renaissance man. You think he's a redneck, but he's a Democrat, right? Right. yeah, it's one of them dudes that, uh, you know, he's uh, he's a well-versed human being. And then you find out, you know, he's a school teacher. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, come on, bro. I had no idea. And here's the crazy part. The family moved from the smallest little redneck hood town in the history of West Virginia, Berkeley Springs. Single-A football, I'm serious, like you would have been an All-American there. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody is there, right? And uh, he moved to Martinsburg to play football with this juggernaut of a team, you know, four years ago. If he would have played in Berkeley Springs, I don't even know. It would have been like, you know, Pete Meredith playing, you know, back in the day where he's just dominating. So it's it's a good story. But Martinsburg football, they gravitate. All the best athletes, you know, they don't move here to play football. They... They move their entire families here before the kid gets to high school. They change their life in order to be in the in the district so that you can play football at Martinsburg High School. Okay, so something's going on. The fact that the dad knows that he has an athlete, the dad is pursuing it to some level. I mean, because God knows. Let me tell you, the biggest recruiting thing in the history of the world is winning. Mm. If you like, you know what I mean. Like you didn't uh, CrossFit didn't recruit you. You recruited them. Right. right. So that's just the way it is at Marshburg football. What's the coach supposed to do when the kid's dad calls him and the kid's in the sixth grade and he says, hey, sir, my name is something, something. I just moved to town. My kids are in the sixth and seventh grade. We'll see you in a year and a half or two years. People accuse that coach of recruiting that kid. The coach just answered the phone and took the information. Now, if you're telling me the kid's leaving from his junior year to his senior year, 10 miles down the road, not leaving his house and pulling some fake, um, I moved in the apartment with my aunt. Yeah, none of, no one's going to let that happen anyway, um, you know, because of how how many Cairns we have in this world, right? There would be a petition outside. So there is a tremendous amount of recruiting happening, and it's happening every year at the state championship when they're winning 62 to 20. And, you know, everyone's recruiting them. So it is. But here's the great thing, too, is we played six out-of-state teams this year, and we beat every one of them, and they're all in their state championships. You know, so if you want to say West Virginia football's not where it's at, we got some evidence that says that we're the shit over here in the Eastern Panhandle. Uh, I called you yesterday, and you were in the middle of coaching. And you, what, what is today? Today is – um. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. What is today? Tuesday. Tuesday. So we started 
back. So why is Ezra training on Monday when he just when he just finished his championship game on Saturday? I, I called you yesterday and you FaceTime and he's getting the shit kicked out of him in some CrossFit workout. He wants to be better than his brother, so he's uh, he got a little taste of uh, of popularity and what it feels like up there. So um, I think he's like super dedicated. Plus, that's what we do in this house. We do very. We don't require much from you, right? As parents, right? You got to go to school like 85% of the time, right? You have to get straight A's. And the reason is, is because there's it's like retardville over here. All you got to do is show up and listen and you get an A, right? Okay. I, we're not in Beverly Hills where you actually got to take your book bag and read books and shit, right? Okay. Very basic over here, right? So you get a 4.0, you go to school 85% of the time, you watch your mouth when your father's around, right? Meaning don't say nothing crazy to your mom. Don't be mean to each other. When I ain't around, I don't know how, you know, Casey's got to work that out, right? (laughs) Brothers and sisters got to work it out. But always know, if you stay with me as a brother or sister, you ain't going to get picked on all day. So up to you, right? And you have full access to us. But the one thing that does kind of suck about being in this house is whether you like it or not, the CrossFit class is happening twice a day and you will be in one of them either at 11 a.m. or at 6 p.m. every single day. And where was that class? On Saturday and Sunday, there's just a one class. 11 o'clock on Saturdays, 1230 on Sundays. So where was that? Say it again. Where was that? Yesterday when I was facing our gym. gym. Where was that? Where? Our gym. That's attached to your house? No, no. It's about two miles down the road. It's a, it's a group fitness um, room that I share with a, uh, with a young lady that does some, a couple group fitness classes and a bunch of personal training. And, and but it's uh, really nice. It's like the four seasons of CrossFit gyms, like beautiful. The only problem is got a bunch of mirrors, but unlike hardcore CrossFitters, I'm so down with the mirror because I'm so tired of talking to the guy. I'm like, my man, Look at your fucking self. Do you think that you would be comfortable counting reps for you right now? Or do you think we should go back to the basics? And then if they can see it, I feel like it helps them a little bit. So, or at least it helps me justify to everybody in the room that that is terrible. I have no problem with mirrors. Zero. Yeah, I guess. So, but we have, it's like, literally, it's like you're at the four seasons, two beautiful bathrooms, showers. The place is just immaculate. The ladies, uh, um, marathon runner, like uh, no kids, three dogs. I mean, she could have been your neighbor, you know, in Berkeley. My, uh, yesterday at the pool, um, speaking of mirrors, uh, we're, we're over at Greg's house in Arizona. And over at the pool, I saw him like flexing his bicep and showing um, his older daughter, his eight-year-old daughter, his muscle and be like, go ahead, feel it, feel it. And then she <laughs> feels it. And then he's like, yeah, feel my calves. And he's like flexing his calves. I'm like. Good dude. Good dude. And she was impressed. Do you remember the time Greg and I got back to back in our wingspan? Yes. Exactly the same. I have that photo somewhere. Wow. I have that photo. Listen to this. Look at this. Look at this weirdo, what he just wrote. I think I had Devin and Travis confused. Hey, it happens. It happens. Oh, I have no. I, in, 10 years ago, I would have been disgusted by that comment. 
nowadays i'm down baby hey i'm down whatever um what so so enough with this this young man named ezra he's just a little boy let's talk about the the big dude uh tyson uh he throw so when I went and visited you as a little kid, you were already crooning them to be athletes. Like every time I was at your house, there was something going on. They were shooting hoops in the front yard. You were training them in the basement in the winter, throwing, making them catch run routes in the basement. It was just football, 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 or some sort of athletic, something that required some significant amount of coordination or work. And then um, over the years, you would send me, uh, send Greg and I uh, like news clips. Oh, my son threw a touchdown. My son did this. My son did that. And then all of a sudden, a few months ago, you're like, hey, there's this award. And it's called the uh, Harlan Trophy Award. And it looks like my son's going to win it. So I Google up Harlan Trophy Award. And I'm like, holy shit, that's the fucking Heisman for Division Two. Then all of a sudden, you send me a clip where he throws a touchdown pass in the last um, 10 seconds of a game to win the the championships, the, the first level, of the ch- first level of the playoffs, but it's kind of like the local championships. Then I have him on the podcast and he talks about it being like just absolutely crazy. He can't even explain it. And then just this last Saturday with one second left in the game in the regional championships, which is, I think is now he's two games away from the national championships. He throws a touchdown pass in the last second. What has anything happened like that? I know it's nuts. Has anything happened like that? Did he make it on ESPN again two weeks in a row? He did not make it the first week. Oh, he didn't. I thought he was like I thought he got it was like number seven or something on some ESPN list. He may have been. I think there was a robbery list on college football, and it was like deep. But I think it was not ESPN. It was like one of those other seven ghetto sports channels. Okay. But yeah, to me, week one or the first one was the more amazing one. I was uh, a little bitter while the second one was taking place because I felt that the game should already been over because of some prior plays um, in the two minute situation. But um, getting back to what you're saying, my, we live about 15 minutes from Shepherdstown, West Virginia. So our entire life after I left Shepherd, I worked there for about eight years while Tyson was growing up. So we, as a family, know everything about Shepherd Athletics. And in D2 football, you have a 10 or 11 game season, depending on, um, you know, if you can get that 11th game. And then there's a five game playoff series. So that thing that when Tyson threw that um, first touchdown, it was the second round of the playoffs. Then he comes to the third round, which was also the regional championships, and gets you into the semifinals. So all that stuff is absolutely correct. The, the, the crazy thing about it is everything that Tyson's doing is what we have talked about, you know, for 15 years of his life, right? So my strategy for him was that, listen, you're going to play for me until you're in the, set, in the eighth grade. Then you'll play one year of uh, um, middle school football at Wildwood. Then you'll we'll move to Martinsburg. You'll play four years there. Then you'll go to Shepherd. You'll win the national championship, win the Harlan Hill Award as a junior, so you can come back on campus and walk around. Don't don't do it and then never show back up at campus, so that no one you can't relish in it, right? I used to tell people all the time. The semifinals or the finals of any competition, you got to eat that up, right? Because that's really all you can hope for, right? The finals, you're going to face a tough dude. 
So you never know if you're going to win or not. But you got to stay in the moment, right? Like the final four, any of that time. And here's the thing, too. If you act super happy and comfortable about being in the championship, it just sends out like great vibes, you know, back at you. And it sends out horrible messages to everyone else that you are so happy and comfortable um, in this so-called pressure situation. So I I couldn't be happier. The fact that I, I looked at myself when Tyson was younger and thought about if kids, if your kids do something that's way greater than you, um, that's luck, right? Because you have, there's, there's, you had no part of it, right? Because if he's, if this guy does what you did and goes further, then you're a lucky guy. But what a shame if you can't have him do exactly what you did now that you've already done it and have the whole process down. So I knew that I was capable. I wasn't capable of giving Tyson a crazy amount of uh, business uh, knowledge, right? I'm not going to be even that good at relationships, right? Because I've been in love with my girl since the ninth grade. That's it, right? Like, I can't tell you how to go in and out of a, a, a committed relationship and find a new girl. And good luck with that, bro. I yeah. hope that yeah. you meet someone that you don't have to make any of those decisions which is how I was lucky. But there is something I could show him. I could show him what it would take to excel at Shepherd University, a place where I have a lot of contacts, understand the level of competition, and that I can, I think, with my DNA, can get you to that place. So that's all that I've tried to do for those two dudes. And both of them are it looks like uh, going to have that opportunity. We already know Tyson took advantage of that opportunity. People could say, oh, Travis, he should have went further. Yes, I'm totally okay with him going all the way to the top. But if I don't have an elevator to go up there, he needs to find his own method, his own way. And I hope he does. But the only thing that I say, my man, I can drop you off at Shepherds University as the starting quarterback and everything is free and paid for, and you got a big refund check coming because you decided to get 4.0 at Martinsburg High School, and you can combine your academic money and your athletic money when you play Division II athletics. Does Tyson go there for free? He's got a scholarship there? Tyson goes there for free and gets a $10,000 refund check every semester. Wow. That's and he awesome. lives on campus. He eats on campus. It's uh, He's got an extraordinary – extraordinary situation at Shepherd University and it was all given to him by me. That's it. I'm just telling you. That I, part's not true. Guys, we're 23 minutes of just fucking pure facts and then we slid off the path for a second. Sevon's mentor and parenting expect great things from a short on an athletic army. Yeah. So Colin, you kind of don't realize how true that is. Um, I never planned on having kids but I will tell you what stood out to me when I would visit Travis. All the other people I ever know who had kids, there was two. There was there was the parenting version of them, and then there was the, the version I knew. And when I saw the way Travis parented, there's just Travis, and I was like, "Oh shit, that's the way I want to parent." Like even if it's some fucking unorthodox shit, and they're gonna hear some shit and see some shit that maybe other kids aren't seeing, I just want to be myself the whole entire time. I don't want there to be, and I just want to be honest with them. So like what Travis said, like 
he sets the ex- he sets the bar really high, but the expectations are realistic. What do I mean by that? He says, um, when I'm at home, you better fucking watch yourself. When I'm away, do what you want. <laughs> and that's kind of how I am. And like, and like, yeah, you got to go to school 85% of the time. I mean, my kids will never go to school, but, but like I, but, but th- that type of thinking. Uh, and one other thing I want to throw in there. 85% too, Savon is for me. What do you mean? I don't want them fucking kids around me. Oh, right. <laughs> during the day. Right. I, I want to hang out with Casey. Right. That's who I want to hang out with. Right. I do not want to hang out with them kids. Yeah. The toughest moment of my life is when all of my kids were in school. Yeah. And Casey said she was pregnant. Why is that? Because I knew there was going to be a freaking six year span here where I will not have that. Oh, nine hours, eight hours in the morning, all the way until the afternoon. So it was, yeah, uh, yeah that's why they have to go 85%. Um, I'm not going to, we're not going to get into the details of this. We don't have time, but there was this thing that Travis said about, um, about, I'm not sure how you worded it, but walking before the championship game, be walking around happy, be walking around with confidence, be walking around. And that sends a certain message to everyone else around you, the rest of the team, the other teams. Um, there was a situation that I think a good adjective would be that that's contagious as well. Yes. Just working out happiness and confidence. Right. Come on, bro. And also too, even if you don't feel that way, if you it would at least accept that it is contagious, you would definitely fake it in front of the people you love. Right. So that they would get it. Right. Uh, one of the most dangerous cities uh, in the, in the world is a city called Nairobi. It's in Kenya and the, it's in the center of Kenya. And, um, it, and when I mean dangerous, I, I, I don't, I don't mean like anything. I don't mean like Chicago dangerous. I mean like really dangerous. And there's a, really really extraordinarily dangerous yeah and um it's so dangerous so fucking dangerous savon yes that i lost a lot of credibility with with some members of my crew there just from telling a story that is so fucking dangerous that they thought i was lying (laughs) so I, I want to I want to tell you just what one bit and, and I'll have Travis back on another day so we can tell you the details of it and I have tons of pictures from the incident, um, but th- there's a road that travels from Nairobi to Mombasa. Mombasa is on the eastern seaboard. It's the it's the it's the big city on the coast of Kenya that the Indian Ocean sits on. And there's a fucking super highway. It's, when I mean super highway, there's nothing super about it, but there's a highway that connects this city of Nairobi to Mombasa. And it's a gnarly, gnarly road with a lot of gnarly fucking shit on it. Everything from elephants to tribal people to anyway, Travis and I somehow ended up alone on this highway and had to figure out how to get back to Mombasa. And uh, And anyway, he said the whole time, he basically told me then it's the whole thing. Just be cool. Just be, he's just like, just be cool. And, and some, I'm getting the chills even talking about it, but somehow we made it back to Mombasa. We rode in the back of some random pickup truck. Uh, I, but but one thing is for sure, I, will, I don't care if I have Alzheimer's, if my brain rots to one piece of mold, I will never forget that that day. One of the funniest things that happened that day that you probably don't know, Savannah, is as soon as it happened, right, the fear yeah. on Miss Martin's face was just astronomical, right? And everyone else was terrified. Radiator blew up in the car. We went from two Land Cruisers to one Land Cruiser. There were three people that were shit out of luck. Of course, 
I knew that I was in trouble. I had one, there was one chance for me to, to be rescued. And that was for, for Greg to say, no, Travis has to stay with me. But yeah. Greg was like, hey, listen, <laughs> Greg knew. Travis can't help me if something goes down here. So I got to get back to the White Sands immediately, right? So immediately I hop out, let the people get in. And if you remember the young lady who was our guide, she stayed because she was driving um, the car behind the car that had messed up. So the yeah, that's the car I was in. That's the car I was in. Messed up. That driver took her seat and she got out. And then there was no room and you stepped up. You really did step up. I don't know if you thought, I don't know. I think I, that was some big, I did not expect for you. I thought Jeff Martin would be the guy who would jump out, but he was not leaving. He was not leaving. Two, two things. I didn't step up. I just never thought that anyone would leave us in that situation for hours with no, with no, with no, <laughs> no plan to get out. And then second of all, you're right. Every, I mean, everyone in my car was terrified, like the scaredest of ever, like, like we were, like we were going to the gallows and then they just drove off and left us there. I'm like, how could you be so scared and leave us here? Drove off so quickly, right? And, um, the good thing was, is that I, um, I grabbed, I had about this much of their money, right? Every day, Greg said, Travis, take this Wells Fargo card, get the $800 we're allowed to get out every day in case there is a problem. And I'm like, okay, I got you. So we started that trip. I don't know if you remember, we started in Finland um, and we were over there in um, oh, Denmark. We were in Denmark. Sorry, in Denmark, we were all over there first. Then we went, it was a 27 day extravaganza. So between the money from Finland and I mean, we're taking out that mandatory $800 every day. Right. So I've got a ton of, I can't remember what their money was, but it was, um, it didn't take much of our money to make a lot of their money. And do you remember I had two $10,000 cameras hanging from my neck? Like oh, I was like a target to be robbed. percent And I'm looking at you like, oh my God, what is the process when he gets attacked? Like, <laughs> not I'm, if, when. Two fucking uh, zebras there and there's like eight fucking lions. Of thing. Man, ain't nothing I can do. <laughs> <laughs> So I take that money and immediately, right, I take a big hunk of it, put it in my sock and take about four bills. And I put one bill in each pocket, right? Because I know that I'm going to have to bargain. And I know I got to be careful when I reach Like for my life? Like be like, hey, give me the little Armenian back. No, I just ride, motherfucker. So oh, I take oh. one of these or three of these. It doesn't matter. I got a lot of them. But I'm not going to show you 65 of them first. Because then I'm like, you might take it and then I'm in trouble. So- that was a that that was an. I wish that we had more time to man, dude. I am Where's a storytelling motherfucker. I would love to give you. I can give you seven hours of the most unfucking believable stuff that has happened on when I've been away, um, and that that ranks up high. What happened? Just in the ride. What dollars? We got to ride in the back of the little red truck for an hour and a half. Yeah. What? What? And the lady just vanished, right? Like we were just, I don't remember her being around. All of a sudden it was just us. She got us back to the White Sands. They opened that gate. She jumped out. And then the guy, we couldn't, he wouldn't let the guy go further than the, the little gate. But you remember what I remember is that we walked in on dinner time and how embarrassed. 
I was so pissed. And you were telling me, don't be pissed. Act cool. Act cool. I was fuming. Yeah, well, for me, it was a great situation, right? Like, first of all, I knew I was going to be all right for some reason, right? Like, I was like, listen, I mean, I'm going to be overwhelmingly confident through this whole process. And like, motherfucker, I'll pull out some fake ass thing. Talk about I got diplomatic immunity. I got the whole fucking sales pitch down for you know, not getting killed over there or you or this whole fucking country's going down. You know, you see those fucking cameras. You think they're going to leave this guy out here with just anybody, motherfucker? You know, the whole process. So I knew I was going to get home and I knew that the only way that I could make them never want to be around me is to act like a bitch for being for doing my job and not really my job for just not being a sissy. I mean, I don't know. Even if I had sissy tendencies, I will hide them from anybody I don't know. Right. Smart. Um, what, 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 so, so on December 11th, for, why aren't you arm wrestling anymore? Is your arm hurt? I am not arm wrestling because I do not have the capacity to train. Like, like between all you, you don't, the motivation and the time. Yeah. No, I don't. I think I have plenty of time. Motivation. I, I have plenty of time. I got twenty. I got twenty hours a day. But so I have all the equipment. I have all the necessary stuff. And if I add it all up, it ain't that easy to to go rocket. Okay. So so it's just you. Do you still like arm wrestling? Yes. And I still, you know, I run thirty five tournaments a year. I just wow. take off the three months during football season. Okay. And just like you put on that big match that um, I watched and that I spoke, I spoke to Paul Lynn and John Brzezink last month. That was, that was a tournament you put on. Yes. Correct. Okay. And so, so can you give me everyone kind of like the five minute synopsis of what's happened in the sport with John Brzezink in the last, you know, six months and and what's going on build up to December 11th? Yeah. So first of all, um, John Brzezink for the last, I'd say at least five years, maybe 10 years, Every single person has looked at him and said, man, dude, you're you're everyone's hero. You should be more um, visible on social media. Right. I mean, have you said that to him? Yep, I have said that. Yeah, everyone. If I had a dollar for every person that said that to me, I wouldn't have to do anything. I'd be good. And I try to tell him, I'm like, yo, do I look like the kind of geek that's going to set up a studio and film myself and shit? No. I'm not. I wish that I was that guy, but I'm not. Right. I'm not. And I'm going to also be agitated even if someone else wants to do it too much. Right. 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 Join partnerships with guys like you. And then it's just like I don't I, I feel not only when I feel like I don't want to do it, then it becomes like I really don't want to do it. Right. Because like, Why would I if it's not my thing? And I feel like it's so quick to start thinking and try to act some way on a podcast and stuff. And right, it's, almost right. impossible. it's almost like trying to parent that way. Like you said, not right. being your, how scary would it be? Um, so uh, for me, John Brzezink, when everyone thought that he was um, not doing what he should have been doing social media wise, just like always, he's smarter than everyone else. And he waits to the best time to dip in and, I mean, this is just my opinion, but I think that John Brzezink is now a $5,000 a month social media guy, which is enormous to a human being that 
is not a YouTube guy. Like right. every right. YouTube guy that I know fought his life yep. to get five grand. Right, right, right. right. Boom, picks the right timing. And then he also, he doesn't, you know, usually John is uh, is um, pushing through all the barriers, right? So that he can, um, so that the rest of us can get something good, right? So whenever someone starts something, they go get John Brzezink first. He's the test dummy, gets a couple of dollars, creates something that either makes it or doesn't. But John, with Dubai, this big thing is taking place. John waited back, let let Michael Todd and Devin be the guinea pigs. Let's check out if the core sports is legitimately grossing $200,000 by doing an arm wrestling pay-per-view. Right. Now, those are the numbers that I heard. I mean, okay. do, you, do you know anything about I have about no idea. I have no, no idea. idea. either. All right. I know is at 2000 or at, um, at a $200,000 revenue and – supposedly Michael Todd and Devin walking out with twenties and fifty thousands of dollars. John has just jumped right in in six months, in my opinion, has his channel on the way to that $5,000 revenue a month is the hottest thing again in the history of the world when it comes to arm wrestling because of his fan favor across the seas. Right. One thing there to validate what you're saying on Instagram, John has 25,000 followers and I have 100,000 followers. When John makes a post, he gets 500 comments. When I make a post, I get two comments. I mean, the mother people want to fucking engage with this guy. Yes. And yeah. a reason I think is because of how much content that they have that he's been unavailable. Right. Comment, right. 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 But, and, you think- and he's cool. He's really cool in a real dorky way. He's so cool. Man, listen. I don't to me the guy is a complete alien. Right? He can 100 shift shift shaper whatever you call it. Yeah. It is whatever he needs to be. Yeah. I mean, first of all, he's beautiful. Like the motherfucker looks like what the f- I don't even know what happened. Now I'm looking at him. Yeah. Boom, the man's back. Yeah. I mean, you get rid of them gray little sideburn things he's got rocking and if he could get his hair cut from anybody else besides Renee this dude looks like he's 32. Hey, you're I'm, I'm gonna see if I can pull it up here real quick. What you're talking about is um John Brzezink Instagram. I know exactly what you're talking about because you look at human beings exactly the same way I do. Let me see if I can show it. What time think, is it right now? I have a business call at 10 a.m. And how late am I gonna uh, it's, uh you have you have we have 21 minutes. Oh. You are talking about you are talking about this. You are talking about um, a share, share screen. Give me one second, Travis. I'll make this happen fast. Oh, oh shit. What the fuck is going on? Damn it. It's not going to let me do it for some reason. Share. Uh, Chrome tabs. John Zinc. Share. Can you see that? Yes. You're talking about how all of us, the guy doesn't lift weights and all of a sudden his body looks like this. Well, yeah, that's another thing. I think that's a myth. That's what you mean. Like, he's just a beautiful... He's a 57-year-old man, and he's still just beautiful. Fucking listen. And as someone who has been around him in some pretty compromised situations, like shirt off, fucking wrestling, got this motherfucker in the headlock, and just to have him reach his hand up and fucking 
fish hooked me and almost ripped my face off. And I'm like, yo, what are you doing? He's like, well, yeah. get off me. You know, like I have experienced things with that man that, you know, he's fucking different. Like the dude's different in every facet of life. He's smarter than everyone too. Right. In such a patient way. And he's so good at acting so oblivious and having you explain everything in detail. And then it's his, all that information. <laughs> because you were- Remember so when you wrestled him on the bed at my mom's house? Do you remember uh-huh. when I, and I was scared shitless you guys were going to fucking destroy my mom's house? That was awesome because we got so silly trying to talk after each other. <laughs> we got, it was so bad. Was so- you guys scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, well, he's so aggressive. So aggressive. That's the thing about him. Like his, uh, his, you can't even say retard strength. I- you can. My show, you can say whatever you want. Uh oh, you, you muted yourself. Wait, I lost your audio, Travis. All right, I'm sorry. It should be popping up any second now. Good. All right. But yeah, his retard strength when he panics is pretty drastic. Um, does he have any chance against Devin? Oh, absolutely, bro. Like, absolutely. Not only does he has a chance, he's an overwhelming favorite, in my opinion. Really? Yeah, dude. John has never lost when he cared and he dictated the arrangements, right? He loses when his um, brand is worth five or $10,000, even though he's not in shape. And that's just the reality. I mean, the dude is, the dude's going to win. And you're going to see, and then not after he wins, you're going to run. If you really trace back and you ignore the social media, if you ignore the Instagram followers, you ignore the YouTube followers, you ignore the, the, um, the celebrity of Devin Larratt, and you really just get to the athlete right? Just the athlete. You'll find that it's not going to be that close and you shouldn't have thought it was going to be. It probably could have been closer if John didn't have, John has sold out and, and, and I guess, uh, listen to the YouTubers. So he feels threatened, right? Which is a bad sign. It's a bad thing for Devin because you're going to see a super aggressive um, Hail Mary type of guy round one. And as long as he doesn't, the only way he's ever really lost is because he's so comfortable that he allows you to pull the way you want. Right. And he's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, bro. I mean, I got, I can come back next round. He now doesn't feel he can do that with Devin, his age, Devin's size, um, the world we live in, social media that has crowned um, Devin, the YouTuber, the best arm wrestler. When in reality, he has, you know, I don't want to talk about his resume because there's nothing wrong with Devin's resume. The problem is, is that he's arm wrestling some person who his resume is ridiculous. And I know that there's no difference in him. He's the same guy right now that he was at 38. Same dude. And that's just because, you know, he takes freaking great care of himself. He's an absolute alien and um, he's going to win and he's going to do it 
pretty aggressively. Now, arm wrestling has turned into this six-round weird thing around um, round four that it's a very difficult situation, right? Um, it's like not, not thinking about your technique on the fourth rep because your third rep and first and second rep were so easy, right? But you have to be careful in arm wrestling, right? Because Devin, we know, is going to eventually Kevin Bongard him. He's going to take the center of the table. He's going to have his hand on John's side of the table, and he's going to get wrist to wrist at the bottom there about 9, 30, 10 o'clock. If John allows that setup to happen, John is not going to allow that to happen in the early rounds. How absolutely dominant he is could force him to allow some stuff. If he does that, anything could happen in round four. Round, But I'm telling you, rounds one, two, and three, pop, pop, pop. Your man, and he's going to be nasty too, right? Like, John's going to raise up on this dude, boy, forehead to forehead. And listen, it's going to be intense as shit, dude. It's going to be awesome. And he's going to win. And everyone who thinks he's not going to win is just a YouTuber. They're just YouTube guys. And listen, I love YouTube guys. Now, I've tried to fight them. Can't fight you. You guys are the winner. And I know now that I guess there are arm wrestling fans. I never thought there was an arm wrestling fan. I thought there was a guy who had a friend that arm wrestled, an uncle that arm wrestled, or a neighbor that arm wrestled. But legitimately, did it not have any of that and became an arm wrestling fan? Let, and, me, ask you, let me ask you this real quick question, Travis, because um, we're running out of time here. What's this thing I heard about it being? Uh, they called it the streaking is six zero. What does that mean? I heard that term. What does that mean? Anything to you? The streaking. The streaking is six zero. What does that mean? The streaking. So I don't know, but I do know that there is a way to bet on the match and you can bet on the score as well. So you can make a, the best money for betting on Devin is to bet him winning six. Oh, okay. Okay. John has more or less bet enough money that he's going to win one match that he's going to, that's why he's going to be like financially. I think that John can prosper by winning that one match. You mean John bet against him, bet on himself he that he's that he's going to win one because that that bet was it was also you know if he bet that he got money too and he thinks that that's you know he's a gambler so yeah he is a gambler he's really he's such a tight gambler he may yeah. not bet on himself to win four to two or five to one for those of you who don't know John Brzezink, um everything Travis is saying I, I know it sounds like he might be exaggerating but he's actually understating everything. We would, and I'm sure Travis has plenty of stories. This, we would go somewhere where there's an arm wrestling match in a casino. John would walk by and just sit down at a poker table and three hours later have a few thousand bucks. The guy is good at fucking everything he touches and his poker face is nuts. Like <laughs> it is nuts. He's impossible to read. Um, uh, what will, so, so, so have you watched any of these interviews with him and um, Neil Pickup uh, where Devin's just like, not one. But I know that uh, uh, John has texted me a lot and called me a lot. So I think he's been aggravated a couple of times. Yeah, 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 yeah. I laugh at all. Really intense. You know, I don't want to feed into that because, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. 
Right. I mean, Devin's fucking with them. And uh, what's really interesting is, is if you, some of them are really long, like they're hour and a half or two hour calls. But usually in the beginning, Devin's like really fucking with them. And then by the end of the call, you see John starting to get in Devin's head. And it is when, it is when John starts to get, he starts to get aggressive and sarcastic. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be really terrible for people to state their resume match for match. I mean, because here's the thing, Devin is so, he has, he does not have the paperwork. He only has the physical evidence here in front of you. And it's a great physical evidence, right? Right, right. This motherfucker is a man child. Yeah. And he honestly, too, is, is someone's going to take it from John when John is healthy and ready and focused and training. And it may be time. Right. But someone he's going to have to show me because I've been in the room with both of those guys and I would compete with Devin Laird a million times before I would um, before I would fuck with John Berzink. And I'm talking about in life. Right. Like, let's you know, let's let's take 10 or 12 categories that would make you the most well-rounded person in the world. And even though I know Devin's probably extraordinary at a lot of those things. I'll take him. You can take John, right? What um, what's this concern? There's a big concern I keep hearing everyone talk about about the setup, about how Devin can will try to drain John's energy in the setup. Is, is there any truth to that? I mean, there's truth to the fact that Devin Laird will not and has never started a match without taking everything. And if you're an arm wrestler who wants to compete against him and you're not way better than him, like I could let him left-handed take a little bit, meaning I don't mind starting without the referee's grip left-handed. Even though you're a little bit high on my finger, it's okay because I am way better than you, right? But right-handed, John needs to make sure that the referee is involved in the engagement. There's never just him and Devin. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Devin has a disease. He does not produce lactic acid. The dude will not stop for days. Not 10 minutes and 15 minutes like the other guy who you think, you know, whoever. And I'm saying you, I'm talking about our viewers. Right. The guy who you think has great endurance, Devin has 100 times more than him. And right. that's even in your world, right? So who's who's got the endurance? Uh, well, look at like Colby Covington in the UFC. Love it. And let's go even harder, like with Rich and Matt Frazier and all that right. guy, right? right? Devin has way more endurance than all of those guys in our so, so what you're suggesting is that in the grip, there's a fair grip, and then there's a, a grip where one guy has a little bit of an advantage. And Devin's going to be trying to get that advantage, even if it takes five minutes. And in that time, John could get tired and and get frustrated. And right here's the deal: if you're weightlifting with someone, right, and they keep putting extra weight on the bar, and you keep having to take it off before your lift, but right. referee there, and if you don't engage with him, the referee will take all the weight off for you. It will. They will. Like you're supposed to be. So. Okay gets a better grip. He forces you to respond. The response of John in the past is to let him have it, right? He's yeah. Not, 
care anymore, right? You're fucking 57 years old. The dude is now 290 pounds. He's not 220 pounds, right? This is a different person. So John's gonna is a different person too. John's the best version of himself he's ever been. And he's gonna show us that you can be the best version of yourself in arm wrestling at 57 years old. Um, but so what John has to do is now what his response could be if he gets, if he's, if he's, if he's, if he's, if he's retarded, he'll let Devin have something. If he's smarter than retarded, but still dumb, then he's going to fight back and try to take something, which will then start the clock. Right now, when I tell you that you could go to a um, CrossFit affiliate gathering and catch um, uh, some of the best guys snatching for fun on the platform and they might be over there for three hours and there might be a psycho that stayed there the whole eight hours i'm telling you that devin laird will stay at the arm wrestling table for three weeks and never leave it and let the best guys come in a in a slow pool contracted situation for days so their clock is starting as soon as they start fighting i have instructed john to never fight before go unless the referee is involved so we'll see if he listens i don't know i know that he does get angry and when he does because he does possess five minutes that he can fight with Devin, and five minutes is a long time in a six round match because when the clock only starts when you're when you're rolling right when you stop and he stops the referee gets involved the, the you know the the aggression stops a little bit so john just needs to keep that time limit way down, right? You exert your energy when they say go and you make sure the referee is helping you make sure that everything's on the even playing field. Uh, um, when will they know? Will they know when they grip up who's going to win? Will they no. know before they go? No, no, no. Both guys, both John, John's hand can be stronger than Devin's and Devin still survives. Right, he can run inside, take his elbow off the front of the pad. John Brzezink's not smart enough to acknowledge it, locate it, give the match away, and restart it with the match and not let that foul become a running foul situation that starts to bleed the clock. Right, because John will be able to move him when they're dead even in a hook. Right, it'll be close. But it's just John's gas tank is lowering at a slower rate than Devin's. Now, another thing is that whole King's move thing. If we see Devin underneath the table, I think Devin's best chance is to come forward. But if he can't come forward, then he's going to eventually try to get desperate underneath. I'm interested to see, but I do think that John is balanced and patient and he has no weaknesses that it's really hard to do that King's move. I think the King's move is designed more for a guy for a guy that only has a couple shots. And once you can dodge him, then you can outlast him. I think John's too skilled to really lose. Now he could he could lose to maybe Michael Todd's King's move, but Devin's King's move's not quite Michael Todd's. Um, so yeah, I think you're gonna see a dominant performance from the greatest American athlete that has ever lived. Um, last question, we only have two minutes. Um, 
in the interviews, Devin's basically coming at John, you know, on the Neil pickup show and basically saying like, Hey, I'm really like concerned. I'm going to hurt you. Like you better not like, he's I, like, I, oh, he's I, fucking I, with John's head like that. What? I thought about that too. And it wasn't that he hurts John. It's that John hurts himself by right. harder than he's ever pulled at 57 years old. Right. right. And giving us information that he has a suspect shoulder in the past. But but Devin look doesn't look De- Devin looks as strong as he is. He looks like he could get broken too. I mean, he's like he's like a strong piece of steel, but he also looks I, I mean he, he's got some miles on. If, yeah, I think he's more of a cyborg though. Like I think he okay. can really go back and get a new unit reconnected. Like it's <laughs> 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 <was> different. Uh, <laughs> different. Uh, don't don't mistake in him for a regular person, okay? Because he's not. He's Are done. you going to watch live on December 11th? I will be at Tyson's game, so I don't know. Do you know what time it? it I have no idea. No. I listen. I am so jealous of those two people. I have so much competitive hatred for both of them. People. It just so happens that I have a lot more love and admiration for John Brzezink that. I never creep to that level, right? The water level of admiration never gets below sea level where all the toxic stuff is. But make no mistake about it. With Devin Larratt, it remains at a very toxic level. Meaning? meaning, I don't appreciate his followers. I don't like his numbers. I don't (laughs) like the whole being the fucking face of arm wrestling. I don't. So that way people don't say, oh, Travis is a hater or, or yes, yes, yes. <laughs> exactly what it is. So everything that I'm telling you is under that premise that right. I hate Devin Laird and I love John Brzee. That's that pretty much. And thanks for coming on, dude. Good luck with your business call. I hope you make 10 million bucks this morning.